Welcome to The Open Word, the online teaching ministry of Pastor David Landry on today's episode. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. at the end of your days you can hear that word well done thou good and faithful servant enter into your father's rest would you rather have temporary ease joy that vanishes in a moment or would you rather be found faithful to Christ even through the struggles of this temporary vapor of life in order to then enter into his presence and know that you've done his will and his purpose This life is just a vapor in the scheme of eternity. In the midst of a trial, it can be really hard to look beyond your immediate pain and discomfort. It's tempting to take the easy path and avoid hardship wherever possible. But as Pastor David will remind us in today's message, the path a believer is called to walk is not easy. It's going to be hard. There are those who will face physical torture and death. But when you remain faithful to Christ, your witness will be strengthened and the eternal rewards will be great. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Acts chapter 20 as he continues his message of Faithful Shepherd. with people wanting to hear the apostles teaching it's now because it's past uh, uh, the time of Passover and the days of unleavened bread it's in the springtime of the year it could have been a warm evening the windows are open we've got all these lamps that are going on in there Eutychus is sitting by the window he's trying to catch a breeze when suddenly his eyelids fall and so did he okay so we know some have said that from that particular event that Eutychus has become the patron saint of those that fall asleep during church. (laughs) And his slogan is, is, yea, though I sleep or slumber, surely I shall not die. Okay, so I'm not sure if all that's true. (laughs) Yeah, but it does sound good. Yeah, It, it fits with the sermon pretty well. But I do know that there are those that fall asleep during sermons. And of course, uh, I I usually tell people, you know, if you're that comfortable while you're in here, then praise God. Just let the Lord minister to you in your sleep. Well, let's get back into this. Luke lays out now for us kind of the direction, the the direction of travel that Paul and the company are taking. Uh, He tells us in verse 13 that from Troas, they went ahead to the ship and uh, sailed from Troas to Azos. There they were intending to take Paul on board, for so he had given orders, intending himself to go on foot. Now you've got to understand this. Paul had preached all night. No sleep at all. And from there, everybody else got on the boat, sailed around from Troas to Azos. Paul says, no, I'm going to walk. I'm thinking to myself, no way, dude. 
put me on the boat. I'm going to take a little snooze while you guys are sailing. But Paul walked. He continued on foot. When he met them then at Asos, verse 14 tells us, then they took him on board and they came to Methylene. And so we sailed from there, and the next day we uh, came opposite Chios, which is a, a large island just off the coast. The following day we arrived at Samos, which is, again, another large island off the coast, staying at Troglium. The next day then we came to Miletus. And then in verse 16 it tells us, he explains, for Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus, so that he would not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hurrying to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. Okay, church, how long is it from Passover to Pentecost? Any ideas? 50 days. Pentecost, that's your clue. 50 days. He had 50 days to travel he would have made it easily probably if he had sailed across again the Aegean Sea, but now he's on this land journey. He knew that if he stopped at Ephesus, one of a couple of things might happen. Number one, the many people that he had ministered to there for the time that he had been there, they would want him to stay longer. It would have been harder for him to break away from them. He would have probably been there for longer than he wanted to. But the second thing, he also knows that those that started the previous riot in Ephesus, they were still there, and there might be more problems from them if he had stayed there at that point. And so they sailed past Ephesus. They landed in the coastal city of Miletus, which is about 30 miles south of Ephesus. So apparently his ship docked there for some time because from Miletus they sent men to go up to Ephesus get the elders of the church and that travel time for 30 miles, get those guys and then bring them back that 30 miles to come back to Miletus. Once again, Paul has this powerful message that he's going to share with these elders, these guys that he loved, these guys that he had served with for three years. Look at the words beginning in verse 17. From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, you know that from the first day I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you. Serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. How I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's life was his testimony for Christ. But much more than his life, he also taught them, taught them from the Old Testament scriptures, but I believe also even before he wrote the books that he wrote to the church of Ephesus, the book we know as Ephesians, I believe that the very things that he was sharing there, he had shared with them. He put together the Old Testament with the new teachings of Christ being sharing with them. His message was the same no matter who he spoke to. The reality was is that all men everywhere needed to repent and turn in faith 
to the Lord Jesus Christ. Look what he says in verse 22. And see now, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. Paul understood that even though his journey had already been rough, it wasn't going to get any easier. If you're here this morning, you've been a Christian for more than a month, you know that just by, coming, by becoming a Christian doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. As a matter of fact, you've probably experienced just the opposite. Once you became a believer, suddenly you, you had attacks, both from the world as well as your own life, your own uh, spirit, your own emotions, coming against the very spirit of Christ, that that battle is there. That battle is real, it's true. And beloved, I would just want to share, I want to give you this warning, but also an encouragement. The more you press into Jesus, the greater the battle is going to be. I can guarantee you that, not only experientially, but also according to the word of God. As Paul continued to be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ, his journey didn't get easier. It got more difficult. Why? Because the enemy of his soul, the enemy of the gospel, the enemy of Christ will do anything and everything he can to distract, to discourage, to, again, derail you in your pursuit of Christ in your life. Paul understood and knew. He knew that there would come a time when he would lay down his life for, the, for his Lord and Savior, for Christ himself. He says, I go, down, I, I, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. He understood. Several have already told him, and as a matter of fact, when we get into chapter 21, they're going to tell him again. You go to Jerusalem they're going to arrest you. You're going to be put in chains. It's not unlike you and I. If the Lord were to speak to us and says, man, uh, he, we, we really feel led that he is calling us to go to Flagstaff. Say just to go to Flagstaff. Uh, during this time of year, it's beautiful up there. But let's just say the Lord has really impressed on us to go to Flagstaff for a particular purpose. And yet, several of our friends who we know are godly, who are praying, who are mature believers, say, man, I feel really burdened that something evil is going to happen to you if you go to Flagstaff. Someone else says, man, I feel really concerned, man. I, I had like a vision last night that when you went to Flagstaff, they're going to arrest you. They're going to put you in chains. Would you still go or would you kind of second consider? Well, maybe, Lord, that's not where you called. Paul's life, I believe that he listened to these that shared but he was so connected in the spirit to the heart and the mind of God that Paul knew, you know what? I'm still going because I believe that God is calling me there, calling me forward. In your life, in my life, when and where God calls us is not because of our ease or for our comfort. It's for the purposes and the plans of God. I've shared with you guys in the past God is much more concerned about your spiritual life than he is about your physical comfort. Oh, God wouldn't call me to a place where I'd, I'd have to suffer, would he? 
why not? I mean, we, we look at, we, I started to say in the New Testament, no, we can go all the way back to the Old Testament and move all the way through. Consider the life of Joseph, if you would. And again, where God is calling is where you want to be. Not where your comfort is, not where your plans. Let your plans be released. Let the Lord direct your steps. That's why Paul could say there in verse 24, none of these things move me nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. What a great testimony that is. For three years he had been there, and he says, I haven't backed off on any of it. I've taught, I've shared with you, uh, we, we've explored together the reality and the truth of the full counsel, the whole counsel of God, as he shared with that church, those people there in Ephesus. That is why Paul is able to finish his race with joy. Why? Because he knows that he's been faithful to what God had called him to do. So how about you? How about me? How do we finish our race with joy? Let me give you just a couple of thoughts here. First of all, being faithful even during the hard times. Being faithful even during the hard times. When it gets difficult in your walk in Christ, we don't back away from Christ. We come and embrace him even closer because we know that our strength, our fullness, and our joy is not found in the things of this world, but it's found in our walk, in our relationship with Jesus Christ. How do we finish our race with joy? By walking in obedience to his will and not to our own. Oh, gee, I want to go ahead like Paul. No, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and sail across. No, God said no. Earlier on in, in Paul's journeys, he wanted to go to Asia. It says that the Holy Spirit kept him from that. doesn't say how, but he stopped him from doing that. Paul was a man who, again, moved in the direction that God led him. And beloved, for you and I to finish our race with joy, we've got to be that way. We've got to be obedient to his will by always understanding it's not my will, but thy will be done. That way we can go through even the harshness of our lives, the harshness of the attack of our Christian faith, the, the attacks against the testimony of Christ in us because we are close to him, because we are obedient to him, we can still run that race with the fullness of joy. Paul understood that obedience itself has its own reward. Obedience has its own reward. Sometimes it's very difficult to be obedient when, again, it comes against our flesh. It comes against even our desires. But being found obedient to Christ has its own reward. Faithful obedience, particularly during times of great difficulty, will have a great reward for you. The reward is being found faithful 
in your service to God. To realize that at the end of your days, you can hear that word. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into your Father's rest. Would you rather have temporary ease, joy that vanishes in a moment, or would you rather be found faithful to Christ, even through the struggles of this temporary vapor of life, in order to then enter into his presence and know that you've done his will and his purpose? Paul was found to be a faithful servant and shepherd, a servant of Christ, a shepherd to the people that God put before him. He declared the whole counsel of God and doing it in such a way that he says, I don't owe anyone anything. He made it clear the the, the need for man's repentance and for man's obedience. He had been a faithful watchman to declare, man, the Lord is coming back. We will all stand before him. There is a judgment seat that both the lost and the saved will stand before. One, again, for eternal judgment, the other in the area of our rewards. But How are you living your life now with the understanding that that judgment is coming? He pointed to them that the only way of salvation was through faith in Christ. All you have to do is read his letters and over and over and over again, the testimony of how to be a believer, how to become a believer, how to be a believer in our walk. That's what Paul was sharing with these churches. He had given them all that he had. He says, and now I will see you no more. But even at that, he knew that they needed some additional warnings. Look down in verse 28. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock. He's speaking to the elders of Ephesus, okay? All the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day. You know, it's interesting. I don't think that Paul needed any kind of a special revelation to be able to make that statement about the savage wolves on the outside as well as those on the inside. I think he understood enough about human nature to realize, man, there's been attacks already, and I know that these attacks are going to continue. Paul has already seen the attacks from the outside. He's already seen those even within the church try to rise up and make a name for themselves. He knew that the enemy was always lurking. He would be on the outside of the flock looking for those sheep that are just stragglers, those that weren't close in in fellowship. And I like to reckon it to like today for those who say that they are believers in Jesus Christ, but yet they're not actively involved in a church body. They may even attend once in a while, but they're not actively involved. They're not tied into the body. Beloved, you are one of those stragglers and you are setting yourself up as a perfect target for the enemy. It's when we come together as iron strengthens iron, as one brother again encourages another, and as we learn and share and grow together, the greatest of your protection is. When you walk away from that fellowship, oh, I can worship God anywhere. You can, but you're standing out by yourself. 
And the enemy will, again, it'll be as ease to be able to snag you. But Paul also understood that right in the middle of the flock, hiding in plain sight, are those wolves that are dressed like sheep. And in reality, wolves in sheep's clothing, looking for opportunities, even within the body, to do damage. And as soon as the shepherd would leave or turns his attention away or there's an opportunity, these wolves, even within the flock, they're ready to pounce upon any vulnerable lamb. Those that have been hurt, those that have been uh, emotionally damaged, those that are struggling in their walk. And he's going to look for an opportunity to bring destruction. And Paul says, man, you need to be on guard. Verse 32 says, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. He says, I've coveted no one silver or gold or apparel, Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Paul was a man who continually gave, continually gave every opportunity that he had. He was pouring into the lives of individuals. And when there weren't resources that were coming from some other area, he didn't burden himself at that particular church. When he was in Corinth, remember, he, by his own hands, in the tent-making trade with, uh, uh, with others, again, to be able to support himself. And even in Ephesus, for a while, working at the trade, he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. He finishes it up with these words. Look at verse 36. Luke writes to us, when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And then they all wept freely. They fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke, that they would see his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. Paul is on his way home. You mean home to Jerusalem? No. Home to Antioch of Syria? No. Paul knows he's on his way home. He's on his way to the presence of Christ. He didn't know when that was going to happen. He didn't know exactly how that was going to happen. But again, God had impressed upon him that he was on his way home. He wanted to be found a faithful shepherd and a faithful servant for the days that he has left. Guys, you and I know, none of us know the days that we have left. None of us know the, the issues of life that are going on right now. Let's face it, the world's kind of crazy right now, amen? I believe that the Lord could come back any moment. And uh, I'm waiting for a trumpet call, Okay. I think that somebody's probably up there warming up even now. I believe that it could happen at any, money, at any moment. Are we going to be found faithful servants, faithful stewards of the blessings of God in our lives? My prayer for you, my prayer for me, is that at that day when we enter into his presence, we'll hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant.
Thank you for joining us today on The Open Word. Acts is such an interesting book about the early church and how people engaged with their newfound faith and then spread that good news to their region and the entire world. If you're new to the Bible and are unsure what this newfound faith is, you can learn more about a man named Jesus who came to save you. He came as the Son of God to save you from your sins. These early disciples in the book of Acts were elated to share with everyone what Jesus had done for each of them. They wanted others to know that kind of love too. If you want to understand this more fully, we'd like you to know that here at The Open Word, we're here for you and we're praying for you. If you have some questions, please give us a call at 520-836-9676. We'd also like to encourage you to find a church and begin attending regularly. If you live in Casa Grande, we'd love for you to come visit us. The Open Word is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande, and we meet every Saturday at 6.30 p.m. and Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. You're welcome to join us for a time of worship and Bible study and a time to get to know other believers and find support. Find out more when you call us. Again, that number is 520-836-9676. You can also find out more about The Open Word and listen to additional messages by visiting theopenword.com. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in to The Open Word.